Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast. My name is Aaron and I'm one of the co-founders of Candlelit Tales. Soroka Hegarty is going to be telling this week's story, The Death of Colonel Kjarnak. Very excited about this one. He's a mad character. It's a mad story. Looking forward to it. Our Patreon support is how we make these podcasts. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Candlelit Tales to do that. Or, you know, just like and subscribe and share and tell someone about it. You know the deal. Follow us on socials. See the links below. And stay tuned for Surika telling us this class story. Take it away, Surika. Colonel Kernock was one of the great warriors of Ulster. Extraordinary in appearance and extraordinary in his deeds. One side of his face was pale as milk and the eye in that side of his face was as black as the shell of a beetle. The other side of his face was ruddy and speckled as a foxglove, and the eye in that side of his face was blue as cornflower. His hair was so bushy that if you threw an entire barrel of rowan berries over his head, not one of them would land on the ground. And Colonel Kernock had a crooked neck. The name Kernock meant crooked-necked one, and he had gotten that neck from his mother's brother, Ket McMothock. She, Finkem, was a woman of Connacht, and Ket was a warrior of Connacht, and as long as she was pregnant, her brother had promised to defend her, but as soon as her child was born, while well, the druids there prophesied that he would be a great warrior of Ulster and that he would kill more Connacht men than were alive that day. And so Ket threw the child to the ground and tried to stand on his neck and tried to kill him. But the druids were not finished. They concluded that this child would be so powerful that no one man could kill him. Even now, when he was a baby... And so Ket withdrew in frustration, and Colonel Kjarnock was brought back to Ulster by his mother and raised to be a warrior there. And Colonel Kjarnock was indeed a great warrior of Ulster. He challenged Cúchulainn for the champion's portion, repeatedly, and although he failed, the two had great respect for one another. And it was Colonel Kjarnock and Cúchulainn who had the agreement that whichever one of them died first, the other would avenge his death. And so it was. When Cúchulainn died, tied up to that pillar stone, Conal Kjarnock was the first of the Ulstermen to shake off his pangs and arrive on the battlefield. And when he saw Lugad, killer of Cúchulainn, standing there with Cúchulainn's sword in his hand, and his other hand severed from him, Colonel Kjarnock tied his own hand behind his back, the better to make things nice and fair. And then he killed Lugad as brutally as he could. Over the years, Colonel Kjarnock clashed again and again with Ket McMoggoch, the brother of his mother, who had once protected him before he was even born. 
It was Ket indeed, who gave Crahor Magnessa the wound in his head that eventually killed him. One day Conal Kernock came across the camp of Ket McMothoc, while Ket was raiding across the border in Ulster, and Ket was in it, sleeping. So Conal decided he'd play a trick on him. He stole a lock of hair from each of Ket's horses, tied it to the rim of his own chariot, and made off before he woke. But when Ket woke, he could see that his camp had been disturbed, and he knew that no one but Conal Kiarnock would have the gall to do that to him. And so he followed, and the two of them fought a great battle. And at the end of three days of fighting, Ket McMothoc lay dead, and Conal Kiarnock lay almost dead. They were found at the ford by a man named Belku, and Belku gave a great shout of delight. The two worst slaughterhounds in Ireland had finally done each other in, and now there might be peace for everybody else. But then he noticed that Colonel Kiernock was still breathing, and he felt himself honour-bound to take him home. Once Colonel Kiernock was in his house, Belku swore that he would not take on an injured man. It would not be honourable. Now, Belku was an honourable man, but he was still a Connacht man, and he did not want to let Conal Kiernock leave his house. And so he made a deal with Conal. He said, you may stay here, you may eat my food, you may partake of my hospitality, until you are feeling strong enough to leave. And on that day, I myself will fight you in single combat. Conal Kiernock agreed with this. He was not in much shape to disagree with anything. And he set about eating Belku out of house and home. Now when Belku saw how much food the warrior Volster could eat, an entire boar in one go, he began to regret his bargain. And he began to regret his kindness and he called on his three sons to come to him. He made a plan with them, that he would tie Conal Kiernock to his bed, and his sons would come in and kill Conal in the night. And that way, Belku would not have to break his word by killing an unarmed man. Technically. But Conal Kiernock, who was feigning sleep in the next room, heard everything and when Belku came to tie him to the bed he overpowered Belku and tied him down gagging him into the bargain and hid behind the door waiting for the three sons to burst in he let them murder their father in the dark before turning on them himself and tearing them to pieces and making his way back to Ulster and so it went with Colonel Kiernock Over the years, he would come close to death. But he always managed to slip away from it. He always came out on top. Always victorious. Until a terrible fate befell him. Colonel Kiernock became an old, old man. 
He got sick. A disease called leprosy. He lost his fearsome reputation. He was offered the kingship of Ulster, but he turned it down. It was not for him. And at the end of his life, he was taken in by Maeve of Connacht and her husband Olil. They were the only people in Ireland who could afford to feed Colonel Kiernock. Even in his age and his weakness, he still had that tremendous appetite. And so Colonel Kiernock found himself alone in the hall of Krukonai. With warriors of Connacht all around him, and not a one of them the least bit afraid of Colonel Kiernock. It seemed that this might be his fate, the worst fate that could befall a warrior of his age, to die fat and comfortable and in his sleep. But Maeve came to him one May day, and she told him that her husband, Oliel, was having a dalliance with another woman. Now Maeve and Oliel had married under the understanding that Oliel was to have no jealousy of Maeve, but Maeve had made no such promise. Her husband was not allowed to sleep with other women. And so she asked Colonel Kiernock to kill Oliel for her. And he agreed with delight. Colonel Kiernock had not killed a man in years. He took his spear. He went to the door of Oliel's bedchamber and he put his spear right through the back of Oliel McMothock. And then he turned and ran. When they saw Oliel murdered so blatantly before them, the warriors of Crocon Eye gathered up their arms and set off in hot pursuit. They pursued Colonel Kiernock for seven days, and they finally cornered him at a ford in Cavan, and he turned around there at bay and he gave them a great battle. A battle for the ages. He choked that board with the bodies of his enemies. This old, sick man made his last stand and he made every breath count. And when at last Colonel Kiernock fell, he was not killed by one man. He was killed by all of them. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This concludes our death series. Sad, I know, but all good things must come to an end. We will be sticking with the Ulster Cycle for a little bit longer in our next series of stories, but stay tuned for more details there. We will have our post-show chat going live on Sunday, talking about Conan Kernock and these death stories, going live on Sunday at 7 o'clock Irish time. So like and subscribe to the YouTube channel to get a notification of when we actually do that. 7 o'clock, Sundays, Irish time. 
You can find out more details about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. Follow us on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, at Candlelittales, to find out more about what we're doing, if we're doing any live streaming and all that kind of crack. And you can definitely hit subscribe on the YouTube channel to make sure you're notified about when we go live because there could be very exciting things happening around the corner. 2021, huh? Deadly. Liking and subscribing to this channel really makes a difference so, you know, we get to tell more stories to more people. Find the show notes below with all of the links that you might need and also, well, a huge thank you to the Patreon support we get for making these podcasts. You can go to patreon.com forward slash candlelittales to throw us a few bob or go to the PayPal button through our website to also throw us a one-off donation. It's hugely appreciated. Thank you so much all for all of you who do that and stay tuned for the next episode where we'll be chatting about this story live on YouTube. Thanks a lot, guys. Chat to you soon. Yep. This episode was produced and edited by Rory O'Shea and Oshin Ryan. Music by Rory O'Shea and story by Sarika Hegarty.